three, two, one. Hello, hello, everybody. I am your host, Ben Jay, and we are back with a supercharged episode. Yeah, this is dangerous. Putting these two people on a podcast, this is dangerous. <laughs> Uh, but we're, magic's gonna happen. It's gonna get interesting even before the actual recording started. Me and her are going back on some on some content, so this is gonna get deep. Okay, Farah, give us the introduction. What is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Okay, so I am Farah Al-Zajali. I am from Oman originally, but I grew up between the United Arab Emirates and United Kingdom to be exact, London and Dubai, my home cities. I currently live in England and I am a vegan lifestyle um, blogger and vlogger. Um, I create all sorts of things to do with encouraging people and teaching people through food. It's the way to your heart is through your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Farah is a very accomplished uh, content creator, vlogger, blogger, digital creator. She's done a little bit of everything for a very long time. So I'm honored to have her on the show today. She's got a lot of insight and wisdom for myself. I'm selfish. I'm going like, to take so much from this. And then also, of course, for the audience watching, you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode. So uh, get strapped in because we're going to get a little bit deep. All right, Farah, I'd like to give people some context for the guests to make sure they can understand where they're coming from. So let's do a, a big rewind, go back with the origin story. Let's go back to your childhood. What kind of environment did you grow up in? So I grew up, um, so when I first, when I was born here in England and then my parents decided to move over to the Middle East due to work. And so coming from a mixed background, so I'm Omani, but my mom and dad are both very mixed in blood. Um, and so in our house was always very mixed of culture. We have the Omani, we have the uh, Emirati, we have the Zanzibari, we have the Irani, and then my parents love traveling. So it was very multicultural in our house. We had so many like languages and, and talk about different cultures and traveling. So even when I went to school, it was an international school. It was meeting lots of people. My friends were from every part of this world. So when I go to a place, I don't feel like I'm a, let's say a severe like tourist or foreigner. I'm more of like, oh, I want to know this and I want to know that because someone told me this and this and this and this. I want to know more, you know, and growing up in that environment really opens your eyes to a lot of things to accept a lot of people. Um, it was a very later on in Dubai, it became a very, you know, more rich uh, city itself. And in country wise, you know, everything was based on everyone's sort of Mercedes, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and diamonds and all these things. But the real Dubai was not always like that. It was a very beautiful, calm city, a lot of things to do. I, to be honest, I miss it sometimes. I want to go back. I really do. Because to be honest, the food there is great. <laughs> all I think about is food. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you know, speaking about Dubai, it is quite interesting to see the city cities that have grown so much in recent decades. Um, because, you know, Dubai is a great example, but I've even like a I'm living in Seoul right now, and even Seoul is a city that's been highly developed for the last 30 years, you know, so if you go back 30 years in Seoul, it's not the same Seoul that exists now, and um, and from the little bit that I do know about Dubai, it's the same situation there, it kind of blew up overnight, so it's interesting to see how these cities develop, and the way that it affects the culture in the cities as well, the personality of the people that live there, and the lifestyle, and all that kind of thing, um, so I can kind of resonate a little bit a little bit with that of missing the old, uh, old times. Um, I want to ask yeah, you this. I mean, I 
even going to Seoul, I, I, I realized like it's like it's like another version of Dubai for me when I went there. I was like, why God, we have this too and we have that too. And I don't know what. And I when I meet the old Koreans, they would tell me, oh, you know, we never had this. This is a building of this and this. And this is a building of that. It used to be very calm. Now we have to move everything fast. And, you know, and the same thing with Dubai it went from like 2000 and it went you're like whoa 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 whoa! i'm i'm still walking why am i running um it was such a fast pace of life that when i moved to the uk it was very weird for me because it, it felt like i was going back five steps uh rather than going forward 10 yeah um, because there's a perception that everyone put there that if you go to britain and you go to england you're getting higher education higher everything top notch whatever and i got a reality check that it was the opposite of what i was expecting it it was completely opposite. Um, I had to go back a bit. Um, I didn't stay in a city. I stayed in a small, oh, in Scotland, as I say, a small wee town. Um, and uh, it, it kind of like brought me back into realization of like, there was another side of the world where mm. things are a lot slower, mm. a lot, you know, calmer. Um, it taught me to relax a bit because I was like, hoo, 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 let's go. Hustle, hustle yes, yes, in Korea, yeah. like the Bali Bali culture they talk about, um, hurry yeah. up culture. So <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird for, um, uh, yeah, I mean, especially like, uh, I know that coming from, I've lived a long time. I'm not from it, but I lived a long time in uh, the Midwest of the US. Um, my parents had a house there for uh, many of years. And so countryside, you know, underdeveloped, you know, very slow pace of life. Um, coming to Korea, it was insane because of the amount of construction that goes on here. Right. And so like even just in the time I've been living at my apartment specifically, there's been like what three or four new skyscrapers built all around my my apartment. I'm just like watching like, wow, <laughs> wow, you know, popping up here and there overnight. Um, I remember I was born in Okinawa, Japan, and my mom one time she was like pulled up Google images to uh, Google Maps rather to like look at the area from the house. It was all gone. It was all a bunch of, you know, new apartment buildings that had been built up. And she was like, wow like they tore our house down they built up new apartments over it and i was like yeah <laughs> that's what it's like in asia it just grows overnight you wake up and stuff is different so it's insane yeah 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 it's a it's a completely different world than when you go over to europe mm -hmm. where things are a lot slower and mm -hmm. then you know there's like planning permission of like 50 years before the planning permission happens <laughs> so it's like while in asia it's like okay we want to build a building now okay okay let's do it three Just months can, you know and you're like <laughs> Yeah, you're like there and you're like, oh my god, why is there like 15 buildings around me? Like, mm. this is a bit too much. I feel mm. like a, there was a park here somewhere, I'm mm. sure. Mm. Absolutely. So I guess the kind of like one thing for anyone who's traveling or looking at traveling overseas is just, you know, you can learn information from doing research and such. But whenever you're actually in that country or in that city, there's going to be a reality check in some way or shape. It might be the architecture, might be the construction, or it might be the personality and the people that are living in the city or the country. But you can never fully gauge an area just by doing research online alone. You've always got to experience yeah. it as well. That, that is completely true because when we watch K-dramas and go to Korea, it's two different things. Mm. Uh, you know, and I was sitting there, I'm like, wow, I'm in Seoul. Like, I, I remember this from this drama and this from this drama. But seeing it in person and being around people and talking to people because when I, when I, because I'm so like open-minded to mix the cultures and that, when I, before I went there, people were like, oh, Koreans are like this and Koreans are like that. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't know. I can't judge. Like, I don't, I'm not there. So I can't be that person to say, Oh my god, really? Like what? <laughs> oh my god. No, it's more, more of like, okay, I don't know, so why why are you giving me this two cents of information that is useless to my brain? Mm. And then when I went there, it changed my whole perspective about not just humans in general, but people of like this culture and that culture and the 
And then when I came back and people were like, you went to Korea? Like, why would you do that? I'm like, you have to go there in order to understand why I went there. Because it was a whole different, like, view. And the people there, I mean, I experienced lovely people. Uh, I, like, I would happy, happily go back again to mm. Korea. Um, it's a beautiful city with wonderful people in there. Um, you know, and even with my basic Korean, like, the Ajumas would constantly help me. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> right. So yeah, right. it's a uh, you, you have to travel to really see a place. To be honest, that that's the only way you can actually understand and respect people even more, and and uh, even sometimes you even get want to be part of the culture. You're like you know, I'll just live here. Mm. I like the culture. Mm. You know, TV is nothing compared to what I just seen right now. So it's a uh, it's a different if a different mindset when you're just raised. To be international <laughs> oh absolutely farah absolutely and i think it's another thing as well um you know i think so many people question should i move to this country um you know and it's always so much like overthinking that goes into that you know no one can tell you if you should or should not you can only figure out by going there you know and so even whenever we go to these different countries or different cities that we both lived you and we have both lived in you know it, i don't i know for myself and i'm sure you would probably agree with this I wouldn't have made a final decision until I'd actually been there. There was nothing that could have prepared me for saying yes or no to living in that city because no matter what people told me, unless I lived there, I wouldn't have experienced it, you know? And everyone has a different, and you know, back to your point about perception, you know, you can't just trust what people tell you. Everyone has their own perception on life as well, you know? And so, you know, while I might have a bad experience in this country, you might have a great one and vice versa. You know, it's not so much about should you, it's more like, will you, you know, go to that city, go to that country, try it out, you know, take a visit for the, at first yeah. and then live there or live there and then quit after six months, you know, like it's, yeah. it's an experience to be honest that you will, you educate yourself from that one. You know, if you don't do these experiences, it could be going to a town next door, mm. you know, like next to your, next to where you live. And it's completely different from where you are now. You know, and, and that is another experience you take with you. And this is what people forget. Travel doesn't mean you have to go completely overseas. I mean, in the U.S. itself, the amount of states from one state to another is not mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like feeling in a different, you, you're in a completely different country sometimes. So for people to be like, oh, yeah, like it's all the same or it doesn't really matter and I don't need to travel. No, you do, even within your own country, because there's so much to see, mm -hmm. so much to learn from. And that is the way for me as a person, like I've met people who have never stepped out of their um, city or town they've lived in in the UK. Mm. While me, I've gone to the top from like the top to the bottom. Yep. And, you know, and people, well, especially like as an English teacher, you're like, everyone thinks English is all the same, you know, it's like British or American and they all have one, each one of them have the <laughs> one Pacific accent. And it's like, no, it's actually not true. There's different accents. You need to go around the country and around the country itself to see these accents, to hear these accents, mm. you know, because that will teach you, oh, actually, they're not all the same. They're, they're not, you know, there's a, there's a variety here. I mean, within London, there's an, I don't know how many accents itself alone. Mm. So that's just one city. And then mm. you, when you go further up or even further down, it also changes. So um, I think being in my, like having my background and just my parents kind of opened this door for me where it's like, just go experience and learn for yourself yep. and then make your decision. 
I love that. I love that. One of my friends from um, Ireland told me that he made a joke. He said, there's a new accent every 15 miles in Ireland, he said. <laughs> and I was like, I believe it. <laughs> that would not surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's like you're saying, Farah, um, you know, especially when people say it's all the same. To me, that usually speaks to an unhappiness with the situation or a limited perception, right? Because someone who's truly seen all of a country or all of an area, you know, they're not going to say it's all the same um, unless they had an unhappy experience with it, you know, because they can't appreciate the the differences. They can't appreciate the the unique uh, uniqueness of that area. It's more because they're unhappy or they're dissatisfied with something that happened there, you know. So it's really about, you yeah. know, getting your own experience in these areas. You know, I think that you and we, I think we kind of already touched on the, the positives of growing up in this environment, you know, of being all over the place, opening your perspective. Let's touch on the cons real quick, Farah. You know, traveling around the world can get very tiring. Um, it's a lot, you know, especially whenever you're a child, you know, you keep seeing new areas, you, you don't feel settled, you know. What were the the cons or the negative sides of growing up on the go? It's that the feeling of not knowing what home is. Um, sometimes you do want it. Um, you know, you want to feel like, oh, I can go to my hometown and my parents have always lived there and blah, blah, blah. I can't really say that because my parents have moved around so much that I've moved around so much and it's become like in our family trade that you know we're it is easy for us to like let go and move on it you know and we'll we'll keep those friends we've made but it, it's that the con of the cons is mainly just feeling like home somewhere um to say like this is where I'm gonna settle because I in my head I move around so much I've been in this town for quite some time compared to what I usually do because I usually move every two years mm. But I've stayed here quite some time and I've traveled so much within this time. I do barely ever stay here because I usually like, oh, I go to Dubai, I go home to Dubai or I'll go somewhere else or I travel to a new city or a new country, whatever. And so I haven't had the time to say, oh, you know what? I could settle here or I could settle there or I could settle there because I'm just moving constantly. I don't know what settle is mm. um, in my brain is like, oh, wait, this is just getting too much. I need to move on. You know, like your brain is just like, I, I'm just, I need to run or I need to pack my bags and move. And uh, I'm just going to sell everything and go. Who gives a damn? Mm. So that mindset of uh, not feeling like home is uh, probably the only con, to be honest. Other than that, uh, there's too many positives. I can't even find <laughs> the con yes. because the feeling of not feeling like this is home or whatever sometimes wears out after some point. I mean, I'm 33 now. Mm. And yet sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to feel like uh, something like home. But then I'm like, I actually don't because I like being the little gypsy. Exactly. I like packing my bags and going to a new country or a new place. And I, I'm blessed I have a mom and a dad who are always like, yeah, enjoy yourself. Yeah, we'll come <laughs> with you. Yeah, you know, it's like that kind of mentality. So it, it, it's like, okay, you know, it, it's just in the family. It's normal. It doesn't mm. feel like I'm doing something strange or weird or out of uh, out of place. Oh, precisely, Farah. That's just it. Even the con can be a pro, you know, depending on your mood for the day or the state of the situations that are going down, um, because you you do yeah, stay it, active. You think of like, I'll buy a house here, but will I really live here that long? Will I or just like, will I rent it and just go somewhere else again? And then buy another house there and just rent it and go somewhere else again? I'm just making money as I go along, which is great because I've got to travel more. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that feeling of not feeling like home. But it doesn't actually bother me, to be honest. I'm like, I'm like, I'm happy calling myself the little gypsy, you know, like, let's mm. go. What's next? <laughs> what adventure? And people are like, oh, but like, don't you want to settle down and have babies? I'm like, <laughs> I have lots of time for that. Who cares? 
<laughs> or, I'm gonna, or, or somebody just wait and see. I'm going to go adopt one. I'm traveling this country. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. I could find one. Yeah, I bring them with me. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna go on a van. For <laughs> <laughs> like an Angelina Jolie type thing. Yeah. By the way, I would say that that anxiety comes in a little bit on this because I know for myself, realizing that I'm always gonna be on the go, I'm always gonna be moving. It makes me a little bit hesitant to get settled into like a new house. I'm kind of like, okay, don't buy too many things. You know, don't change too much because I don't want to have trouble packing it up. You know. So I definitely live a little bit like yeah. a minimalist, um, partially due to anxiety. I try to live like a minimalist. I mean, now I've made this place really cozy for myself, but now I'm thinking like we're so I'm like I'm trying to start out to pe- sell everything already because mm. I'm like you know what I need to like downsize because you never know tomorrow I might just pack my bag and go again. <laughs> so I'm like downsizing more and more after I've already kind of like put myself into this position of like oh you know I'll buy this and I'll buy that and before I never bothered because I was just like oh you know I'm gonna move again but during to during this entire. Um, year, I was just like, okay, since I'm stuck here, mm. I gotta make something cozy for a while. Yeah. But then I bought only small things, so that means it can be packed and given to someone else, so yep. it doesn't have to worry. So yep. that mindset of like, it does get a little anxious for me at times because I'm stressed from all the moving. Mm. I mean, since I'm a kid, I've been moving. So mm. um, my mom, God bless her, having to deal with all the moving and packing. And then when I went to university, all the moving, I'm hacking. I'm like, oh my God. And and like my sister lived with me so that it was like extra things. So all the moving and packing as well for her and I. Yep. So it was like, oh my God, like we need to do this and move to the next place. And we were constantly moving. So it was like, oh my God, my brain is tired. I need a, I need a full body massage. <laughs> I need pampering. <laughs> I'm taking one week off. Oh my God. I don't want to do it. Yup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, it, it kind of like, that kind of thing kind of brings me back to like, okay, now I'm back. <laughs> I don't, you know what, far up, I'm, it's funny because I'm uh, on, in my situation, what happened was that <clears throat> my dad would, would get um, bored and change jobs every two to five years, you know, up and say, hey, we're moving now. Now, the, here's the problem. My mom loves stuff. She's a maximalist, I guess you could say. She likes to hold on to stuff for the memory's sake and everything. Here's the catch. Our family has 12 kids, plus mom and dad. 14 people. <gasps> and my mom's trying to save everything. And, we're, and and so for us kids, we're like, we're like, mom, we don't want this. It's too heavy. We don't want to move it. <laughs> like trash it. Yeah, she's like, yeah, you yeah. might miss it one day. And we're like, we're not going to miss it. <laughs> so, just throw it away. <laughs> so yeah, like, my, mom, my, mom, my mom's like that. Well, not like that, but she has a box for each one of us kids. And yep. there's three of us. And so it's like everything we've ever done, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I'm really happy. But if I was to have, if I was to have kids, yes, that would be great. They can see what Mama's done before. But as I'm not planning to have any, I'm like, <laughs> what am I saving for? Oh, well, that's, that's, uh, I'm gonna give it to my, give it to my nephew and nieces. They'll know what Auntie's done, what troublemaking she's got up to. <laughs> <laughs> so if, even to this day, it breaks my mom's heart. But it'll, oftentimes, some of us kids will go into stores and say, "Mom, you kept this." trashing it immediately she's like don't let it go we're like we're letting it go <laughs> sorry mom we love you we just don't love the thing <laughs> you know the memories are more important you know especially with yeah, stuff yeah. you keep digitally is... backed up you know with photos and stuff on the computer it works it's way more compact yeah so. yeah my dad is a hoarder like yeah. he likes like what if we need it we don't we don't <laughs> sweat we're never gonna use it again <laughs> and my mom like if it were, my mom god bless her as well like she's always on top of things that she's like 
don't need it. We're not buying it. <laughs> Get over it. And you're like, okay, thank you, Mom. Okay. I like, I was afraid of saying that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. So, Farah, I want to ask you this question as well then, um, because it sounds like you kind of, you grew up on the go, you know, but you were always with your mom and dad and even now still with your parents as well. Um, talk to me about growing into independence, growing into adulthood, growing into like standing on your own two feet. What was that experience like for you, especially being on the go all the time? Well, in our culture, we never leave home, really, to be honest. We never leave home. Um, I, When I went to university, I already started working. Um, I was, I started my blog out there as well when I was in university. I was in like my, I think just into my two years of university, I already started my website. So I was already on the go of being more independent, more of choosing what I want to do with my life and experimenting with things. Um, my parents are my biggest support. Like sometimes when I when I first started, they were like, "What are you doing?" I'm like something. Like I just try. I'm like, okay, okay, fine, fine. You're crazy, but we're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Let's just do it. Do it. Do it. And I was always like, I worked for different companies. I did internships everywhere. I just did as much as possible. That even in my masters, I was in charge of like events managing for companies. I was doing all these other things, and it. It, it kind of already started out young, you know, and like when I was 18, I already started going to like, um, like working in a school and those kind of things. It's kind of like, it, it was good. I started out young because, well, not young to some, but it was young in our culture um, that I started learning of like what I actually want to do through doing these odd jobs, through doing these little things, earning a bit of money on my own, that kind of thing. And then it brought me into fashion. And it, it, it taught me like, okay, I can do this and this and this and started meeting other people through the websites and all this kind of stuff. And so it just expanded as I went along. And then it, it felt like my adulthood started a bit earlier, but it was also worth it because it just taught me a bit of like responsibility, a bit of like enjoying and learning and experiment, experiencing everything as well as experimenting with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, because most of us, I mean, when we come to university or decide to go to college, we actually don't know what we want to do. So when we, I started my website in the fashion industry, you could not actually talk to anyone who's in the fashion industry mm. on like if they wanted to do makeup artists or <laughs> they wanted to be a designer or they wanted to be a photographer or they, no, we couldn't talk to anyone. So I used to do interviews mm. and put on my website in order for, for those who wanted to go to university for them to learn off them. So it was kind of teaching people, like I didn't get that benefit, so I'm gonna give you it instead. So you get to see interviews, conversations. Um, a lot of people contacted me through that website saying, oh, you know what, you know this person you interviewed, I'm planning to do this course, I really wanna know, um, can you give me the details? So I'd ask that person, like someone was, and that would help other people. And I started making money that way through events through all these kind of stuff so it, it it started out young it's still to me sometimes i still think i'm a child <laughs> it started out young <laughs> and keeps on going and it it's it you know people still think when you come to adulthood like that's it like you have to be extremely responsible you can't have much fun unless you're like as here in culture is drinking only um drinking or having babies or getting married or whatever yeah. like that's is the only time and you're like no no i'm gonna enjoy my adulthood even while i'm working whatever odd job i'm doing mm. don't really give a damn <clears throat> so it it the adulthood 
or when I came to this thing of like, oh, now I have to be extra responsible. <laughs> I was just like, okay, but I need to change my mindset. I need to change how I think of things. Um, if I continue the way I am with what society wants, I'm gonna really hurt myself because I'm putting myself on a timeline. Like I'm this age, I should be working in this place. I should be earning this amount of money. I should be married by this time. Like it was just, it's like an ongoing thing. So like when, when I, I don't even know why someone created this world adult, adulthood in general, like whoever created this word was just trying to put us in a box. Like these are kids, <laughs> these are adults, that's it. There's nothing in between these. So, um, you know, I think like adulthood starts whenever you feel like you, you need to be responsible. It feels like, if you want to be called an adult, I call myself a child half the time. You know, I call myself. I should make a new world. Maybe child. Adult. They call it adult in Korean. Kid plus adult. Adult is a phrase they use here. Yeah, yeah. I'm adult then. I'm very adult. <laughs> <laughs> very proud of it as well. I like being a child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Farah. I love that so much. No, I mean, and you're completely right. Again, you know, you know, we speak about adulthood. I, I'm using it more in like legal terms, as far as like you know, like you said, being responsible, being over 18 or 21 years old, whatever it may be, because. Look, you know, what we consider, I'll say the word youth, not just child, but like yeah. youth. When you think about what we yeah. consider youth, youth is about learning, right? You spend a large amount of your youth learning, whether it's just playing outside, you know, fucking exploring and shit, or if it's like school, you know, and so if that's the two guidelines, that's exactly what you're doing. You know, you're still learning, you know, back to what you said before the recording even started, you know, after university finished, you're not done learning. As long as you're always learning, you're always growing your perspective. And so you're staying young as well, because you're not getting box in you know bruce lee talks about this as well he's like the the ah um, uh, he says like the bamboo that dies is the one that gets stiff and stops you know stops being flexible with the wind it snaps it dies you know and so the same way with with real life age you know once we stop growing and developing whether it's our muscles or our, uh, abilities or our brain that's whenever we become you yeah. know old or end up passing away but when you're, you're learning you're growing you're young it's it's very true. I mean, even when some people will say that stupid saying, "Oh, well, oh I'm too old for that," like I'm very blessed. Says that I who? Have an, like, an, I, I'm gonna keep saying my mom because my mom is an inspiration to me. At 57, she went back to college wow. and she went and studied IT. She went to study Spanish. She is now finishing her accountancy degree as well. Wow. So there's no such thing, and she's 61 now, and. There's no such thing. I, I'm ever too old to, for anything, or oh, I can't wear that because it. I look. I'm a mom, or all these other things that, like, like I said, this society book I call it, where a mom <laughs> should dress like this, a, a woman should be like that, a woman should be on her timeline, a man should be like. You know, it's just pathetic. And so I'm very blessed that even my dad is the same thing, where he's like, well. I cannot sit down far. I need to go and do something. So he will get up and he'll walk around and he will like do something in the garden or he'll go to his farm and do something. He's like, I don't want my brain to shut because when I shut my brain, that's when I start getting old and I'm going to feel it and I don't want to feel it. So I'm going to keep on moving, keep on doing. There's no <clears throat> such thing as when I reach 60, I need to be old, old. Mm. It's more like when my, my dad had this thing. Uh, he always makes me laugh when he says it. He's like, um, uh, I'm not I'm not old till I'm dead. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, OK. He's like, yeah, when I'm dead, then you're like, OK, that's it. My body's tired. He's ex my body's exhausted of all the crap I put it through. <laughs> now I can rest it. I can rest yeah, now. And it, it all, 
Yeah, it all it always reminds me of like keep going, keep going, keep going mm. until like you know your time is up on Earth. But there's no such thing as I have to stop doing this because I'm this age, or、mm. I have to stop doing that because I'm that age. You know,、mm. like if you like you know skating, ice skating at whatever age, keep doing it. If you like going to ballet classes, keep doing it. Doesn't matter what age you are, just do it. You have fun, and I think that's the. Thing that helps with the mental health part as well. When we stop putting barriers and we lift them up, and we're like, we don't care. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah. Then your thing of happiness starts coming back to you, instead of thinking, oh, what will people say? Oh, what will people think of me? Or should I do it? Or like, you doubt yourself so much that you've held back already for another two to five years on something that you could have enjoyed and kept you so happy. Yeah, you know, and 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 I always tell people when they're like, "Oh, when are you going to become an adult?" I am an adult, but just a different version of an adult.、Mm. Okay, it's my version of what an adult should be. I don't have to be you. I don't have to be him. I don't have to be her. I'm an adult in my own way, and that's how we should always explain it to people because I always get nagged all the time. Fire! You always went yellow. You always funky. You always just like this. You always just like that. Yeah, I'm like okay, and your problem is, like <laughs> you were like this age and you're from this culture. I'm like stop giving me society's crap. I don't care. You know, like the people around me accept me the way I am. And I think this this the journey to self love is the biggest journey you need to take in order to be like the way I am today.、Mm. If I don't do that, I would have been those crazy people who like, oh my god, I can't, I can't, like I need to like have everything prim and proper, do this, my do hair that, done, follow this rule, that rule, sacrifice yeah, yeah, happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I don't do rule books. I read books, but I don't do rule books. <laughs> I love that, Farah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I was gonna say one thing real quick.、Uh, I, it, as you were speaking about that age thing, it brought to mind a quote by、um, uh, the fashion designer Carl Lagerfeld, and obviously a man with some controversy. But his quote said, "Why should I stop walking? If I do, I'll die, and it'll all be finished."、Um, and so, as far as I know, that his ending days, he was still walking in fashion the entire time he lived. So, you know, it just is.、Mm-hmm. I love that philosophy. It's exactly what you said as well. You know, why should we quit? You know, what we do is what we love, and when you do what you love, you always have energy. You Always have excitement for it, you know. It gives you life, you know. And so,、yes. so much of life, like you're saying, is is in order to understand it, we put it into a box so that we can understand it. But you know, the boxed form of life is not real life. It's just a form of life that helps you to understand.、It. It's not the actual life that's happening because life is always changing. Life is always being born again. It's always renewed. It's always changing, you know. And so, once you put、yeah. stuff into a box, it becomes a science experiment, not real life. <laughs> Yeah, and and people worry about like, oh, if I do this, I'll fail. So what you fail? Well, just pick yourself up and go and do the next thing again. Just because you were not good at this one, it shouldn't bring you down. It shouldn't make you unhappy. You should be like, oh, you know what? I've learned this and this and this from this. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go. I know what I'm good at now. I'm gonna go and do that other thing that I said I was gonna do before. Just pick yourself up and go. You know, and and it it boggles my mind sometimes when people sit there like I failed at it, I'm gonna give up, and I'm like, why are you making a TV series out of this? Like, <laughs> yes, we all fail at something. I have tons of failures I've done, but I still go. You know what? Thank you. I learned what not to do next time.、Mm-hmm. I'm gonna move to the next chapter of your life. You know, and、mm-hmm. there's I'm sure you've read like. To- 
read or come across quotes where it's like they tell you your failures are your biggest success sometimes because they're the ones that teach you what to do next、mm. and what is your Best potential out of life. You know, you could be happy just sitting in the park all day and night, and that probably might make you money just by videos you sitting in the park all day and night. You never know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that, there are some things where you, it's unexpectedly your career choice. You know, I studied fashion, and even though I did marketing and fashion, I ended up doing content creation and vegan food. You know, it was like a whole switch into something else, but that taught me each step I took and mistakes I made that that I'm I, I found my potential,、yes. I found what I'm good at, I found what makes me the happiest person in this world.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think they people always ask me, Why are you always happy? I'm like, What's there to be miserable about? Explain, like, I got a roof over my head, I got food in my belly. You know, I got a, I got my, my, my job, I got my family, they're all healthy and happy. What more can I ask for? And people have this thing of a big house or a fancy car or jet setting on first class everywhere.、Mm. If it comes your way, amazing. But if it doesn't, it's not the end of your world. It's not the end of like, you know what? I can't be an adult anymore. What does that mean? No, no, no. My love, pick yourself up. Walk down that road, relax, and you will find your next path. You'll find your way. Stop recalculating your past.、Mm. Stop analyzing what could have been when you could be doing what you should be doing. You know, it's that mindset. Well, it's that far, far, my mind you can't lose something you never had. You know, like,、yeah. why, why are we crying over a boat that we never owned, a car we've never owned? Like, it was never ours in the first place. It's, it's just a mental game. It's a completely mental game of, you know, what expectations you're setting for yourself. If you set high expectations、yeah. for yourself and only focus on the goal, like the, the material item, you're doomed to fail because you're not, you know, giving、yeah. enough time to the process, which is like you're saying it's okay to fail. You know, your mistakes are your success. And that, by the way, that your mistakes are your success, like that's, a, that's something that you don't understand until you actually have lived it. Like, you know, people have said,、yeah. told me for years, I've heard it for years, you like that problems are opportunities or problems are the best thing that happened to you. But like, you don't understand that until you are able to be in that moment and really flip your perspective yeah, on it, I mean, you know?、Um, because yeah, just, I mean, even though those problems and mistakes, they help you figure out quick solutions. Like, why am I making an issue about this? This is working, making me work my brain,、mm. you know, which is something we really need to make sure we don't let it sleep.、Mm. You know, the only time it should be sleeping is when we go to bed, <laughs> whenever that time is. Okay. But the, that is the only time it should be sleeping. The rest of the time, you know, you wake up in the morning, you, you meditate, or you, you go for your walk, or you do something, you keep on going because the more you just sit and wallow in your pity and your sadness, You actually deteriorate your brain more and more. You actually slow it down. You make it to the point where you're like,、oh, I can't be bothered. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? Like, you're like, that kind of attitude won't get you anywhere. And you don't have to be happy positive. You don't always have to be trippy like me, but you can have that way. You know what? Today, I'm going to make a change. Today, I'm going to start something new. You know, it could be doing a new routine or adding something new to your routine、mm. just to see how it goes. But it's that attitude as,、uh, as, as we get older, whatever way we feel like we're an adult or a child or whatever, it's as we get older, we change our methods and our ways and how we think of what is really happiness 
what is real success because to su success to everyone is different you know someone wants a lamborghini the other one wants to just live peacefully in life <laughs> you know mm. everyone has their own version of success what an adult should do blah, 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 all these kind of stupid dumbass things that i don't even put in my mind anymore <laughs> people like set your goals for the year i'm like well you know what i don't even know what the year is going to turn out like you want me to set one goal you know i'm just gonna work as i go along mm. um you know that kind of method and people are like but that's just disorganized i'm like i am disorganized okay my entire life is disorganized <laughs> but i'm still living <laughs> the true gift right there still living Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that. I love, what, especially love what you said though about you know I'm gonna say it this way, exercising the brain. You know because I think that's really what it is. You know the brain can be exercised, and so if you're consistently either sitting wallowing in self pity like you said, or just feeding it negativity, you know it only makes sense that's gonna reflect in the way that you move, the way that you speak, the way that you feel, because you know your brain is what runs everything else. You wouldn't even know, you know, you wouldn't even see me if it wasn't for your brain. You wouldn't feel this thing if it wasn't for your brain. And so if you're feeding your brain negativity, it becomes a pattern, it becomes a routine, you know. And so on yeah, that note, yeah. I'd love to ask you on, about this real quick, Farah, you know, you know, talking about, okay. you know, failing, going through changes, you know, growing with self-love for yourself. Was there ever a time when you did feel very unhappy about life or very negative about life? And, you know, even if there wasn't, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to initiate either a neutral programming for your brain or a positive programming for your brain, you know, so people don't fall into that trap of just negative, you know, um, obsession, basically. Okay, so all the rants I gave you about society and whatever, I was that person that joined that society train of I should be doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G before I reach this age and la, 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 la. And that put me through severe depression. And my family kind of, it, it was a lot of drama in my family, so it also put me under more depression and more pressure and that kind of thing. But then I had to have a sit down um, you know, through really bad outcomes of certain things. It was even affecting relationships I had with people in general. So I had to sit down and get myself some help. And this is something people need to realize. When you feel like you're at the most bottom part of your pit and you don't know where to go, you need to ask for help. It is not a weakness. Actually, it is a strength. The fact that you picked up that courage and said, I need freaking help or I'm going to go ballistic or, you know, God forbid, kill yourself or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I was on the verge of that because it was getting too much for me. You know, I was spurning, like just out of control completely. And I didn't mm -hmm. even know my left from my right. I was crying all the time. I was emotional. I was fighting with my family all the time. It was, it was, it was such a negative thing that I felt like it was going to blow up at some point. But I did ask for help. I got myself help. And then over time, I think I started like reading into other stuff, reading into like books and like m ideas and all these other things that I'm like, you know what? I really need to change the way I think about stuff. I really need to change the way I think about what society's making me do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm sick of this crap. I need to stop doing this to myself because it's only making me more depressed than I was before. Um, and then I went through, um, it happened a few years ago where I was like I, I was in desperate need of help and this was the second time round because it was it was it became like a drug you know it was an unbelievable drug taking over my life so I went to hypnotherapy and hypnotherapy is not like a the complete therapist they make you go through your inner thoughts by yourself 
and make you close your eyes and really make yourself ask those questions of why am I upset? Why is this making you upset? And when I went through that, I, I, I think the first few sessions, I was crying so hard, crying like crazy. I was so angry that I was upset about these things that actually are insignificant really, to be honest, but they were triggering me every single point. Mm. So going through that helped me. And then I was looking into documentaries. I'm trying to find things about minds and, and how does it work? And how can I go around stuff? How can I change things? Because I really like, I know I have, I have ADHD, I know I have all these things, but you know, when you go to the doctors, they prescribe you medication. And I was like, I am the anti-medication as much as possible. And like, I know if I get certain pains, I know I, I, I'll need to take it, but I wanted to try to not depend on anything like that. I want to be able, my mind is strong. So I was watching a program called Heal Yourself, I think also, it was like a few years ago. And it made me see how strong my mind actually is. But I was letting everything else control it, except my mind. And it just changed my perspective on control, on what I listen to, on what I hear, and all these things. And everyone would be like, oh no, you're like this, you're just too one-sided, you're that side. No, I had to learn to like listen to all, understand as much as possible, then make my judgment. So it, it, was, it was a journey, a beautiful journey, to be honest. I will not regret any of it because I think I just became a better person than I was before. Um, I'm not unhappy. If I have my unhappy moment, it'd be like, I'll take it in for an hour or two or a day. And then like tomorrow, we're not letting you take over my life. You're leaving, you're packing your bags and you're going, you Mr. <laughs> Sadness and unhappy, grateful thing. So I, it, it's that thing in mind where you're like, you know what? I need to, I need to go through my journey. My self-love journey was the best journey I took for myself because I don't give a crap what anyone thinks about how I look, how I do things, anything. Like, oh, people were like, oh my God, you're ugly. I'm like, look at yourself first. You know, and I'll just give that attitude. And they're like, whoa. I was like, well, I'm the only person that calls someone ugly is someone who's already ugly. So I always used to like, just give it to them because like they're, they're putting their insecurities on me. And it felt it every single time. And it was uncomfortable because I as well, I would say I was that person who, who told a girl that you're ugly, whatever. I don't think I could say that to someone, but I was that girl comparing myself to other girls like, oh, she's much more pretty. Oh, she has a better body than me. Oh, she has better hair and blah, blah, blah. So I was hiding myself or hiding inside of me, like who I really am and what I really want to do and how I really want to be. So that self-love journey brought me into this position where I'm like, you don't like what I wear? then don't look, <laughs> I'm not changing, you know? And it's like, or we don't like the way you behave in this way. You don't like it, never said I was your friend, so get lost. So mm. it, it's having that attitude like, oh, you make less friends. I'm like, no, no, I'll actually make friends that give a damn about me, that's what I want. I want friends that actually stand beside me with my laughter, mm. you know? Or laugh at me and I laugh at them too. That's how it is. But I'm not gonna tolerate someone who sits there and judges me for being me. Or, yeah. and I cannot sit and judge someone else for being themselves. Like I always hear people when I'm walking, oh, look what she's wearing. I'm like, what's wrong with what she's wearing? Oh, like look, look at her body or look at his body. I'm like, that's their body. They can choose whatever they can. They can go dress in like a bikini for all I give a damn. And I'm not going to judge them because that's their choice. They're very confident about their body. Mm. Who cares? 
you know, or the woman's like this or the man's like that. It's like both sides gets judged a lot. I mean, I've seen guys in the gym where I hear guys talk and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had more earwax in my ear. Because it was just like horrible <laughs> the way we literally sit there and like punch each other, you know, individual <clears throat> to individual. Like she's hot, he's not, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Who cares? No one gives a damn. We're in the gym either to look good or to get healthy or something else. Don't. We're not there to sit there like, oh, I bang her and I bang him. And no, 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 no. Calm yourself down, people. But it's that uh, thing of, uh, you know, uh, it, it's too much. Like I swear, to this book of I, I was reading too much on society things. It affected my brain so much because it was just like. So many rules that were made up mm. on how a woman and man should look like, behave, and la la la. It that's what made me find myself love because after I was like, you know what, I cannot handle this. Society is full of crap. Society just drives me crazy. And <laughs> once you remove that and drop it into the bin and mm -hmm. let it burn, mm -hmm. and then you find what really makes you happy, how you can overcome things, because overcoming stuff like depression, sadness, or any sort of thing, it's hard. It's not easy because we've been programmed to train ourselves to be weak and depend on others, not depend on ourselves. And when I started depending on myself, I realized, damn girl, this whole time you had this power, where have you been, what have you been doing with it? Like, why, are you sleeping on it? Stop sleeping, wake up. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful power to take control of yourself. And it, it just like, you feel like, you know what? I can be superwoman and no one can do anything about it. You know, and, oh, I love the feeling. Oh, it's a beautiful feeling. Oh my <laughs> gosh, Mara. Wow, I'm just like getting the chills. Like literally, like that's so beautiful. There's so much that in there that I would love to comment on, but I just like, thank you for sharing all of that, right? For a few reasons. I think one of the first things is that one of my issues with like the self-help and self-development community is that we always see the end product. We see the people that are living the happy lives, the energetic lives, the joyful lives. And so many people that are struggling don't realize that that person also struggled to get there. You know, they see the they see the prize. They don't see the fucking journey. And the that's yeah. going back to what we said before about problems being the biggest success. You know, our problems are the opportunities for growth. We wouldn't have love for other people if we didn't know what it was like to hate ourselves. We wouldn't have compassion for someone else if we didn't know what it was to despise who we were as a person. You know, we wouldn't appreciate other people's looks if we didn't know how to feel like we were the fucking ugliest person in the whole fucking world. You know, and being at yeah. that very low state and then growing from it enables us to be more appreciative of other people, less judgmental of other people, more accepting of other people, you know, and even down to like you said, you know, about comparing people, I think that so many things when it comes to mental development and just general life development is that a lot of these issues we struggle with are just natural human you know experiences like humans judge people because that's how we can we come to understand right on a very basic level of like this is good this is bad because i'm comparing it to this this is bad because i'm comparing it to this and so i have an understanding you know the issue comes in like you say when it becomes destructive i'm judging you because i want to be better than you i want to make you less than me or i'm judging you because i feel insecure so it's really whenever those humanistic traits of comparison to get understanding or sadness because a bad thing happened get out of control now i'm not sad, sad because a bad thing happened i'm chronically sad because i've practiced it so much now i'm not just judging you to understand you i'm judging you because i'm competing with you to win you you know to destroy you you know in some sense and so getting those yeah. things under control is you know you can't judge your, you can't 
judge yourself for experiencing that. It's human nature. You've got to get it back under control so that it's helping you and not hurting you. You know, it's giving you the life you want to yeah. look for. So. And, and you help you help others around you as well in in your life in your career. Like people think YouTubers are against YouTubers or Instagrammers are against Instagrammers in that kind of way. It's like no 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 no. For me, I'm the type like I'm like this Instagram is sick, man. I gotta share that one. You know this is YouTuber is insane. You know and I just met them and like I don't know what and even if they had ten subscribers, it makes no difference. The fact that I want to support them because they're absolutely amazing. I don't care if they don't support me in ten years from now when they become famous. It doesn't really bother me. It's up to them how they think of things. But I'm this type of person. I am a hype person. I hype people up because they deserve it. And I had I learned that through my self-love, through my journey, in order no one is my competition. No mm. one is my competition. People are my friends, my family, my you know, my neighbor. They're not my competition. If anything, I should be hyping them up, supporting them, whatever. And if they were to ask me for advice, I'm there to give that advice to help them improve. I don't want them to not earn what they deserve. Mm. You know, that kind of men mentality. And though you have to go through that journey in order to do that kind of thing towards someone else. Because when you do it for yourself and then you're able to do it for someone else, you're like, oh, my life is worth living. That my feeling. life is worth living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that, Farah. I love that. Yeah, and I want to talk more about the content because you've been doing it for such a long time. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how it's progressed. You know, um, that idea of like that, it's kind of an abundance mindset, right? Thinking that everyone can succeed. It's not just a certain group of people can succeed. Um, did you always have that perspective when you were doing content? Or was it something you had to develop over the years of creating, sharing um, blog posts and videos and such? I mean, for me, I never ever thought of like, oh, I'm going to be successful overnight. Everything takes, you know, it's baby steps to get somewhere. Um, when I was in Scotland, you know, in the fashion industry, I developed a name for myself after like, you know, putting out the blogs there. And we didn't have a lot of like Instagram and Facebook and all that back then. When I started, that was like nearly 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't very prominent in the industry. Not many people knew about it. Actually, I think it's more than 10 years now. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll just say no 10 one, years. No we'll say one, that. <laughs> more or less. I'm, I'm saying 10 years I don't, I don't want to really show how old back then. But it didn't even. It didn't, it didn't, we didn't have that social media. So a lot of it is like word of mouth. A lot of it's through emails. A lot of it's through, through that. And it took me time to get there. It 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 made me think of like oh you know what i i could do this better i can write this better i was never a writer i tell you oh man in high school i was the crappiest writer ever i couldn't write for crap I, it was like the worst thing ever my parents used to look at me like oh my god i can't believe you speak english as a first language like why you know and i'm like i'm sitting there going okay yeah thank you that made me feel so much better but you know i had to change that my ways of how I wrote things, how I say things and that kind of thing. And um, to like, I didn't have a lot of abundance back then. I didn't think of like, oh, I'm going to be a huge success. I will be this and this and this and whatever. I was just working as I like, as it went along, things started growing. Mm. And then later on, I started thinking, oh, wait, actually, this could be great. That could be great. I can add this and this and this. And when I was, because everyone knew me in like Edinburgh and Glasgow for my work, um, you know, people would come to me and they're like, oh, join this team. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then we started, um, I think it was like Edinburgh, Edinburgh, like fashion events and that kind of thing. And uh we uh, a gentleman approached me and he was like what are we missing in edinburgh what can we do blah 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 what are you really good at and at that time i was doing my masters in strategic project management so i was 
still like getting through it and when I still have the blog I was like well we're missing fashion shows that's what we need but we need fashion shows for everyone not fashion shows for just women who are size six models sure. we need fashion shows. and so we started that out and that was a huge success we were very well known for fashion shows all over the city um it was it was amazing I wasn't even expecting that and imagine this I'm doing that <laughs> I'm organizing this and literally I have my dissertation due like in like a month and a half and i'm oh like sitting gosh. there and like drop my drop my dissertation in and the next day was a fashion show so i was just like really on like a crunch for time but the show was very successful it was really nice we raised some money for charity we always raise money for charity i'm um, trying to make a difference in the community but it, it grew and grew and grew and my blog grew with it and then i decided okay you know what i need to change because I didn't like the fashion industry as much as I thought I did because mm. it was very, it was very catty. It was very like envious. It was very bitchy. And I didn't, I was like, I'm not that kind of person. I just cannot be. And I was had to be a certain size to fit into things. And I've, I stopped that and started making it to a lifestyle blog. And then it started changing and changing after that. And, and that's how I ended up with my current blog, um, which changed actually during lockdown. Um, and, and, and it's been amazing as well, but every single change I've made from when I started my blog and now I've experienced so many amazing things and it opened my mind to like possibilities that I never thought were possible. And when I, when, when people walk up to me and like, oh my God, I follow your Instagram. I like your YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. I guess still get shocked to this day. Yeah. I get like, I guess sit there, I'm like, wow okay you know and it's like you do it for so long not realizing how many people watch it how many people read it how many people you you don't think about because you're too busy enjoying what you put out there and uh it it it, it, it's the it's the audiences that and the followers and all that which makes my life even extra beautiful when i get to meet them in person and and talk to them and tell me how like how they feel about it and what they thought when they read it or watched the video and I was just like oh thank you god thank you thank you for making me able to create the spirit out for people to to be part of my crazy crazy ass world <laughs> that I live in and I gotta bring everyone in it but even through that like when um, my mom and I went to Cuba we showed our experience there and it, that was a trip that changed my life in so many ways which is probably another reason why I am the way I am today. Um, when you go from having everything to go to a place that has nothing and they're humbled and they're kind and they're just giving and oh, it's just, you sit there and I, I actually cried one point. I cried so hard. My mom just looked at me and she cried too. Um, it was just an incident that happened in Cuba where we were walking and we saw this old lady and, uh, she, she was like walking really like like she her back was hurting mm. and my mom and they told us like the people told us like you can't talk to cubans blah 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 we were like oh okay so we just we we tried to like forget about it and then we walked back in another direction and we saw her again and i was like mom it's a sign it's a sign we need to approach her we need to talk to her whatever language we can communicate in english half spanish i don't care what it is and then we gave her money and she kept saying, like, I can finally eat in Spanish. And I just broke down. And she was like, probably same age as my grandmother. She was blind. She didn't know where she was going. And I just sat there and I was like, I have so much 
And this woman is just struggling to get a dollar to go get food. And what am I complaining about? Why am I like that experience even changed the way I do videos, changed the way I see people, changed the way it was just an experience that, to be honest, like it sometimes still gets me emotional to this day. But it's these kind of things. Uh, it just opens your eyes to what actually matters. Mm. So like when me and you met through Clubhouse and your energy and your the way you talk and the way you you, talk, you you try to describe things and explain things to people. I was like, I love this energy. Like this energy needs to be in my life because it's similar to my energy, but we learn off each other. You know, we learn from each other. We grow as as friends. And, you know, it, it's this beautiful thing. And I never used to be like, I mean, I was friendly with everyone, but I never felt the energy. I never bothered to look at energy, never bothered to be around that energy so much. But now, since that moment that happened, it was like, what, I think 2007 when I went to Cuba? And actually, I went to Cuba to go dance Cuban salsa. And I ended up experiencing more than just Cuban salsa. So it was uh, eye-opening. It was Truly the best experience. Event. Yeah. yeah, a real life-changing event. I mean, I've had lots of life-changing events in, in my mm. life. Mm. Like one of them from self-love was shaving my head bald <laughs> yes. um, in 2016. Um, it was very, very, very interesting. I should never do that in winter. I remind <laughs> myself again if I ever plan to. <laughs> now I understand why men's head, like they feel everything. <laughs> so I was just like... And, but, you know, doing that also helped me because I stopped comparing myself to other people. Mm. As a blogger, especially when you're in, when you're in the public eye and every, everyone's eyes are on you, mm. you know. And I've had comments given to me since I ever had Instagram as well, even before that, where you're an ugly bitch, you're this, you're that. I don't know why. Look at your nose. You should go get surgery. Look, your dark skin. Blah blah blah. Like I had everything, yeah. and my family actually used to get so angry. And I would cry because I was losing my self-confidence that way. But then I shaved my head and oh my God. And people are like, you, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm crying because I finally found me. I finally found that deep inner Farah. And so when I do my blog post or I do my Instagram or I do anything, it's me you see. The me you see in that photo and the me you see in that video is me you see me in real life. There's no like, other person there's no other thing like that i am this chirpy crazy person my name farah in general in arabic means joyful so i'm very blessed my mom and my dad gave me such a name um, that it comes into my life portrays in my life but i had to find the journey through life through my blog through everything even through my blog they i mean i i don't know if i still have them but on my blog it showed like my sort of journey of finding self-love and all these things which I kept so close inside and as a blogger and a youtuber and that kind of thing you do have to mention this to people you do have to because that's where you grow as a person with yourself and with the audience because I get people coming to me going your videos like really touched like really touched me your your your, your blog really got to me I really liked it and I, I felt everything of it and so Hearing that makes everything I write and everything I do worth it rather than, uh, you know, and, and, and it, it's such a growing thing. It, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you when you love growing, actually. Yeah. It's not you have to grow. It's that you want to grow, you learn to grow, and you're happy to grow. Yeah. 
My gosh, Farah, that's uh, that's that's a lot. It's really powerful. You know, as you were telling this story, I definitely started tearing up as well. Um, you know, we talk so much about growing perspective, and it's not just growing perspective in terms of abundance. It's also growing perspective and understanding the people who are suffering so much, you know, more than we suffer, you know, in, in ways that we don't suffer. And so whenever you're able to have that full perspective of both the abundance of life and the scarcity of life, you know, the joy of life and also the pain of life, that just gives you so much more um, understanding for what you're doing and what you're capable of doing. Um, and gives you a lot of gratitude, gives you a lot of responsibility also to help people as much as you can, you know, tying into the content. Like you said, I completely agree with you on that, the content message that we grow through our content. And it's one of the reasons I push content so much is because it, for me anyway, it's always forced me to be accountable. You know, I can't, I can't lie to people. So if I make a video and put something out and it's phony, like, I'm like, no, I can't post this, you know, it's just not real, you know, and, and also in terms of emotions as well, you know, challenging myself to make sure that I'm consistently showing up. I'm consistently being online. I'm not letting my depression get the best of me or my, you know, anxieties get the best of me. I've got to be there. I've got to show up. You know, I've got to be, you know, growing. And so, you know, that's also why I tell so many people to do content, whether it's for a business or a personal brand or just for fun is that it keeps you accountable. It reminds you of how much you've grown. You know, it inspires you to grow. It helps other people, you know, especially the, the helping other people aspect, like you said, is not so much about the metrics and numbers. Those stuff can be important in terms of, you know, seeing growth and growing the impact, but it's more so about how are you actually touching someone's life? How are you inspiring people? You know, how are you paying back all the love and help that you've received over the years? And content is one way to do that, you know. One thing for you, yeah, Farah, no, I mean, I mean, go ahead. Your videos, I've watched most of your videos and I listen to your podcast. Like I'm a follower on your Spotify. <laughs> yeah, big, like a big fan on your Spotify because <laughs> I love the people you bring on board. I love the people you interact with because a lot of us can relate in a percent, actually in a large percentage of ways if we actually sit and listen to each other. Um, and, you know, and, and, and in content creating, like, if you're going through that depression, okay, take those two, three days off and then come and explain to people what you went through. Because 100% majority of us have gone through it and will be there holding your hand or will be there giving you advice or will be there encouraging you to get up and, and get stronger and that kind of thing. So never be afraid to admit, yeah, I've got, I'm going through a bad day. I'm going through a bad week or, or something like that. Mm. But I'm not letting it take over me. I'm coming back. Just give me some time. And then I'll be there for you, you know, and it's when you're a content creator and you let that people know it really brings them in. And it's not about followers and it's not about any of that thing. It's letting people understand that you're also human. You know, we create this creative world we have, but we're also human. We have those like I've, I right now I have like the biggest writer's block of my life to be honest i'm sitting here like i was sitting there a few hours before this thing and i was like oh my way i need to finish this and this and this so how do i start it <laughs> my mom's looking at me she's like what are you talking about like, i have to finish all this but nothing is going in nothing is going in you know and it, i i need to take the time out i need to be like okay take a time out i will get back to it and i will write a lot better but i need to get me intact in order to write that big creative be like enjoy it and that kind of thing because the worst thing is quick content you hate every bit of it you don't want it out but you need to release it you're like oh no, i don't want to promote it like why a kind is paying me for this but i don't want to promote it it's horrible you know and you're just doing it for the sake of deadline yeah but that's the worst feeling you can have as a content creator is when you're going through those down days 
you have to do a, you have a deadline. You have to do all these things. You're like, <sighs> so nowadays I take like, I go out for a walk for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it takes. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Okay. No, let's write. <laughs> and I'll just write whatever. And then I'm like, okay, wait, none of it makes sense, but okay, <laughs> let's go with that. Um, but it, it's, uh, it takes time. It takes process and you learn along the way and your emotions get the best of you and sometimes the worst of you. But that's one of the things as content creators, never, ever, ever, ever be afraid to talk about your emotions or your feelings or your thing. Yeah, you're there to help others, but you have to help yourself first. Mm. Because without that, there's no you. You're not helping like, anyone if you, you can't know, help yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if, if I had like, if I just left and did bother, there'd be no world of faz. So just mm. be air <laughs> nothing there so i'm like no that air. can't be air <laughs> it's, just, it's just been off channel far where you just post videos of a, of a like screen of like an empty beach where there's nothing there world of air <laughs> i just put there there's me there right go. in the middle of the ocean <laughs> there we go <laughs> no you're absolutely right far and i think a lot of the one of the reasons why that's so effective is because um everything that we do is all made up of humans like you said and so by telling your audience, communicating with your audience that, hey, guys, I'm having a pretty shitty week. I'm not going to be posting, you know, I'll catch up with you guys soon. It, it brings them closer because they've also had a shitty week and they're like, oh, this person I love and care about is going to the same thing. I'm going to support them more. I'm going to be there for them or I'm going to give them space. Right. And so at the end of the day, everything we're doing is all related back to humans. We're all connected. We're helping each other. We're growing together. And, uh, and that's why it's that's that's why I love what you share on your pages and what I get to share as myself. You know, it's all about bringing humans together community together individuals together um something you become very passionate about far like you've mentioned and it's on a broader scale it's a movement that's grown a lot of traction the last 10 to 20 years with a lot of high profile figures endorsing it and talking about it supporting it and you are just on fire how much you talk about it because it's a very important issue what i'm referring to of course is veganism so talk to us a little bit about that when did you when did veganism become so important to you Oh, well, I was blessed already to be educated in the whole veganism thing because I had a family member who was already vegan. Um, and then I thought I was those that one person as well, like everyone else who eats meat is that I would never become a vegan over oh, my dead body. That's what I would say all the time. Like, oh, no, I love meat, all that kind of stuff. So I went through all that. So if anyone says like the exact same verse, beware that that might change you. Um, but the thing is, I um, I'd come back home from Dubai and I was already doing a lot of research because I was already dairy free um, for about four to five years. And I was like, I need to make more of a change in my diet. I was recovering from a knee issue and I was like looking at other stuff. So I started doing a lot of research into it first before I jump into anything. And I have this thing on me where I test out diets first. Like I don't just like, oh, you know, I'm going to be completely 100% for the next 10 years of my life. Um, so I was like, okay, let me try it. So I watched the program called Game Changer on Netflix. I was like, okay, let me see what it's up. What's what this all about? Watched it. I was like, okay, let me try the diet for 21 days. Cause it's like 21 days before your body really accepts things. And 14 days in, and I was like, whoa, my energy level. And people already know I have too much energy. My energy level was like skyrocketing. Like it was insane. My body felt great. My skin was fantastic. 
And then I was like, okay, you know what? I think this is for me. I think this is what I needed because it, it's a balance for me. And it was great because I love vegetables and fruits more than anything else, actually. Like every time I go out, I'll pick a fruit and vegetable. I'll leave the meat till later. Um, so it, it was uh, it was first that, and then I got into finding about the environment, which is like as now people can see, it is a very big issue at the moment. The environment and the climate change and everything else. So it's uh, something that got me really passionate about because um, if I didn't take that initiative to learn and change my ways, I would have been the one adding to the issue and the problem. So it was the environment. And then I started looking and oh, there was like videos that to be honest might give people nightmares, but it was like videos called like Earthling and a few others showing how animals actually get killed. And oh my God, that was it. That was like, I cannot like, in my head, what put me to what I was saying is like, we humans are a piece of shit. That's what I kept saying, because to do that, we don't we do it to humans. I'll be honest, we do it to humans. If you go through history, we tortured humans all the time through ancestors and whatever. And you go, you, you sit there and you're like, how can a person be like that? And then you see them do it to animals and you're like, oh, my God, we're as we're, we're even getting shittier as we get along because we're just becoming heartless towards things that don't need to be killed and so it just kept adding on and adding on and adding on and then it just made me turn completely go vegan completely so it was like march 1st 2020 i turned completely vegan i was like that's it that's for me and it was the i find for me it was the best choice because body wise i feel great um i i don't really mention this to people but i will mention it here i am born without any thyroids i wasn't taken out i was just born without any thyroid guns parathyroids both of them all of them i it was unusual but there were a few kids born in 1988 with the same condition so i live off a medication from the day i was born wow and i cannot live without this medication i can go straight into a coma and die so i make sure i take it every day but at the same time I have to maintain my body weight because it's very vital. I have, because if I gain weight, I, ca I can't breathe properly. Um, I had osteoporosis, I, I developed osteoporosis that I didn't even know about. There was all these added things. So health-wise, it turns out it was more beneficial for me because I managed to take care of myself without needing extra medication on top of what I already have every day. Um, when it came to osteoporosis, my osteoporosis got better. Um, it, there's no cure for it but it definitely got better from removing all these fatties things that were not actually good for my body so it was like constantly finding out more and more things uh, and now i'm studying herbalism i studied uh i already studied nutrition then vegan nutrition now herbalism because i want to i want to know more I, and i know people like oh like you if knowing more is not good for you for me knowing more is beneficial because it depends what you want to take out of it because i was reading humans out of let's say a one hour lecture we only take 20 minutes of information into our brain so of all the things i've studied i take these notes and i will pick and choose what is good for my body test it out all these things and since i've been doing that for the past oh, well it's not in 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 march will be two years of being vegan my body has changed so much my skin has changed my attitude towards things have changed and i've also helped friends change their ways as well i did force it i just gave them good food um and uh, i have that thing i've said at the beginning the way to a person's heart is through their stomach so when you're able to educate people on well 
you can eat this try it see what it tastes like they taste it they're like is this chicken are you lying like this is chicken right like no it's not chicken it's made from this and this and this and this and they feel great after it they're not bloated they're not feeling sick they're not feeling nauseous and i'm like they start realizing for themselves mm. oh wait i need to find out more i need to know more i need to start tweaking my diet because even when i first started this entire thing i was not removing i was exchanging things in my diet so i was like, okay this is bad for me so let's find the better choice of this let's just exchange it so i'm not depriving myself so it, it was all an educational process and even with like the people around me I was watching about and reading about, um, it kind of made me realize like, you know what, I need to treat, pick a different path for my way. And so when I, when I was having my blog, I started deleting all the stuff I wrote about meat and all those kind of things. And I'm so sorry for all the companies that sponsored me, but sorry, I got to change my ways. Um, and then I just started writing into like options and things that people could do. I didn't put anything of like, people say vegans are aggressive. I didn't want them to portray that on my website. So I try to show like the benefits of eating this and the benefits of eating that and some places where you can eat at as well. So vegans and non-vegans can eat there. So veganism has grown. I mean, the pandemic has made it grow even like extra um, because, you know, people start realizing what's better for their health, which I'm so grateful for education. Some people mm. thank you for reading between the lines. Um, but it, 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 it's growing and growing and growing. And my website is growing all the time. It just, it, it, like, I feel like my web, without my website, I wouldn't have taken the initiative to learn more because for me to write, I need to research mm -hmm. because I can't, I have to give the facts. I have to give all the information that I have grabbed and learned from, let's say ingredients or something like that. So without that blog, I wouldn't have actually taken the initiative to study more, to learn more, to help others on their journey. Um, so it's been very, very, very good journey, to be honest. I love this. Wow. Wow. That was beautiful, Farah. That was just absolutely beautiful. I love that so much. You know, I think it's true for any kind of habit. Um, once you can actually see the tangible benefits of it, it's so much more easy to convince yourself to go all in. And, you know, we always have that level of doubt in our mind or mistrust in our mind of like, no, this couldn't be good for me. This wouldn't be better. But then, you know, like you've done with your friends, you know, once you show them, nope, it's actually better for you. You feel better. You perform better. You, you're like, there's so many habits like that that people should invest in or, or give a try to, whether it's veganism, which is a very you know great choice to make or even something small like a cold shower which is something that i do cold showers make me feel awesome you know and so there's small yeah. things that you can try that if you give yourself enough time if you actually jump into the water for once you can actually be like oh wait there's actual benefits to doing this this is better than it was before you know um and yeah, i'm talking I, like micro habits so yeah it, it's the little habits it's the little things we do for mental health, for our physical health, for our emotional, because people forget, you know, mm -hmm. even with mental and physical, there is that middle part of the emotion yep. that we kind of like, that we have it or we don't have it and how we use it and when we use it and that kind of thing. So it's, it, it's those little habits that just make bigger differences in your life. And usually the, when I, people ask me about my goal, my goal is being happy. I don't need a big house. I don't need any of those things It's being happy. So through my blog, through my mental health, through my physical health, through all these things. The aim is I'm happy at the end of it. 
it's not because of buying a Ferrari, which to be honest, I keep dreaming about, but <laughs> it's only in the dreams. <laughs> so it's been true, but it's not the, it's not the mission. <laughs> in a way, I'd rather have a Jeep than a Ferrari. So I'm a bit more settled with, I'll get a Jeep because I can go into waters and, and go on the off the road tracks. I can't do that with a Ferrari. It's right. too delicate and expensive. I don't like that kind of thing. But you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's restructuring your goals. Restructuring how you see things, restructuring a lot of things in your life in order to find that one thing of I'm really happy. I'm really happy now. I'm really happy where I am in my life right now. You know, I didn't need the six bedroom house because maybe the tax would have killed me. I don't need the expensive car because also the tax, road tax in the, this country is insane and insurance is absolutely up the rock like for loony beans so it's like you know what i've saved myself a lot by cutting down and that actually has made me more happier so it's like these small little things and big little things add up to your future and it's up to you if you want your future to just be about diamond rings or big bucks um or your future wants to be simple of like you know what i just want to live every day i just want to live how I live, I don't know, but I'll just live through it. <laughs> Experimentation is underrated. Experimenting is so underrated, you know, because you experiment, you never know what you're going to find. And it could even set off the, the domino effect of once you do this one thing and it sets off all the other changes as well in your life to lead to more happiness and more fulfillment. So, you know, going on that same vein, though, of, you know, trying new things and, and you know, making changes. I'm really curious as far as is there anything that you've been struggling with recently or problems you've been working on um, developing in your life? With ADHD, I am so out of focus sometimes <laughs> that I'm like, oh my God, I can't finish all the projects. So for me, the biggest struggle is getting to finish most of the projects. I've, I've had a project that's been sitting on the line for about two years. Ooh. I'm still trying to get through it. Yeah. And hopefully I'll get through it by the end of or well, the mid of next year. But that's an ongoing project. And I have like these boards in my room mm -hmm. and literally I have to put reminders on this board of like, far you need to finish this, you need to finish that, you need to do this. And it's my biggest struggle is because like I have so, you know, our brains go like haywire. It thinks of too many things. And then you're like, OK, I will do these things. But how much time do I have to do these things? And if I do it now, will I do it later? You just think way too much. And then it you, you're like, oh, my God, I talk too much. I think too much. Everything is too much. So I think my biggest struggle is kind of like finishing the projects that I have set up. Um, you know, I'm like halfway through it. I'm like, yeah, wait, let me do this other project too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? I'm just taking on more work. <laughs> you know, so I think the biggest struggle is getting through it. Um, you know, I, I like, I'm always like, I have like a massive library here of just books. I'm like, yeah, I'll get through those books too. And I don't know what, and I don't know what. I'm like, oh, far out. Like, <laughs> and you pick up, like, I always pick up new hobbies or pick up, like, new things. I'm like, Farah, you need to stick to at least two things. Why do you have 10? <laughs> My mom's sitting there. She's like, Farah, I can't even focus anymore. Stop doing this shit to me. And I'm like, Mama, I want to try this. I want to try that too. <laughs> She's like, yeah, just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> It'll pass. <laughs> yeah, William, thrilled. Be careful. Wait, one second at a time, you know, but it's, it's, that's the thing. That's the biggest struggle for me. And it's not something I can overcome overnight because it's like uh, maintaining it. But uh, other than that is 
I think uh, my 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 family's already a struggle enough for me. They all drive me absolute bonkers. Um, but I love them either way, no matter what how bonkers they drive me crazy. Um, That's how it is with family. You do the good and the bad. You do the good and the bad. Yeah, good and the bad. I mean, nowadays I think maybe I struggle keeping friends more often or hanging out with them just because sometimes. Especially during this entire one year and a half,、mm. like before, I used to be out all the time. I used to do so much stuff.、Um, I'm always around friends. I go to London. I'll go to Portugal. I'll go here. I go there. And now, when you sit back and you have to sit there in your own mind, in your own like in your room or your living room or whatever, and you're like sitting there, and then you reach a point like I don't actually want to be around people that much right now. Like, I just want to sit there in my corner and leave me the hell alone. <laughs> so like my friends will call me like, "Far, let's go do something." I'm like,、oh, "What excuse can I give them?" I can't. I'm always like, I'm always like, "You're complaining. You don't go out." I'm like, "I know, but I just don't want, don't want to. Tired. <laughs> you know, and it's that thing of I struggle with like I need to make more efforts." Into like going out, meeting new people,、um, doing new things, that kind of stuff. But it's just, wait, I need to stop thinking like I need to be by myself. There are days, like especially the weekend. Oh my god, this weekend, I was so tired by like, and I started working out even more. And by nine o'clock, I was already in bed. I was like. <sighs> I can't do this anymore. I cannot do that. I was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm not gonna go to sleep." She's like, "If you go to sleep now, you're gonna wake up at five in the morning." I'm like, "So what? Who cares?" I, like, I just cannot keep my eyeballs open, and I was suggesting to put matchsticks here just to keep it open. <laughs> like, keep it open till like ten o'clock. I'm awake.、Yeah. <laughs> it's such a struggle. And my friends like, "Let's go out. Let's do this. Let's do that." No, 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 no! I don't want to do nothing. I just want to be cozy in my pajamas and watch a documentary, or like I'll sit with my mom. We did it like a few weeks ago. We just sat and watched documentaries after work all the way through,、Ooh. and then through the weekend, and, and then the weekday came and like after work again. Let's watch another documentary, <laughs> and it was. I was so happy just doing that with my mom、yeah. that I didn't even think of, like going out or or going out drinking or doing this or whatever.、Mm. I was like,、oh, you know, I just love doing this, and we just munch on foods and don't really care, and I don't know what. And I think that gives me a real big joy of just spending time with my mom more than anyone else, to be honest, because she's my best friend. Yeah, and. Like everyone sees us together. Like if they see me, they see my mom. If they see my mom, they see me. So it's like we go together in one. We're born the same day. On top of really? that, really?、So、oh my gosh!、Yeah. She calls me the Grinch that stole her birthday. <laughs> I call her. I, I, I call me her birthday present. So I make some difference. <laughs> oh, that's magnificent. But yeah, it's.、Uh, Yeah, it's been a blessing living with her because we all. She's also gone through her self-love journey and her journey of her own,、um, and it's been amazing being able to do that with her as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, she's a very strong woman inside there. So it kind of comes onto me as well, and I feel it, and it feels great that I have that example as a strong woman to be able to fight through things and go through traumas and all that kind of thing. And oh, it's a, it's a blessing. People, are like, oh, you live with your mom? I'm like. Why wouldn't I live with her? Like, if you meet her, you understand why I live with her. She's the best. Yeah. Because she encourages me. You know, she doesn't say, "Oh, you can't do it." She's like, "What are you thinking of doing first?" 
I'm like this and this and this and this. And this. Okay, that's cool. Go do it. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm like, that, that's great. Not that I needed your approval, but it's nice to know that I have a cheerleader here. You know, and and it, she's like, she's like, I, I, especially in my culture, it's like my age right now is married. Like I'm on the shelf right now. Okay, so I've been. It's not even marriage age. It's on the shelf. But my parents are not like that, thankfully. But in our society, it's like, you know, my mom's like, you choose what you want to do, how you want to do it, whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, if you want to get married, you're the one that's going to have to live with that person, not me. You are the one that's going to have to live with that person and deal with everything and go through all those things. So you choose. You know, and my dad says the exact same thing. So I don't feel that peer pressure of like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 33 and I should be A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So it's a bit more relaxing for me. Amazing. I'm very, I'm very blessed. <laughs> Aura, I love that. I love that so much. Um, one final question in closing. You did kind of mention about, you know, some products you had on on hold, some stuff you're thinking about. I'm not sure if you can say it. It might still be under wraps. So if, if, it's, if it's under wraps, it's totally fine. Is there anything specific that we can kind of look forward to coming from you? Any new content coming out or projects? Um, there will be a lot more videos on YouTube coming up because right now it looks like it's on standstill. It's just I'm editing through them. So there'll be more you more videos coming up of life in the UK, uh, what's happening over here. Not politically because I really don't care if it's shit about politics. Um, just what's happening in my area, different parts of England in general, because everyone thinks England is just London. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta change their mind about that. Yeah. Um, more, yeah, more of those stuff, more things on my blog coming up, um, different projects with different companies. Um, but yeah, lots more from both ends. Um, more of my sarcasm, of course, on my Instagram, because, you know, that's the way I flow. Oh, yeah. Uh, far not sarcastic is just a very boring human being. Um, so it, it's a mixture of projects all on like, there's a huge one coming up, but it's not coming up right now. It's coming up next year. Um, I, can, of course, can't mention it until it actually freaking finishes. <laughs> Please, God, let me finish this damn project. <laughs> uh, and I have a few friends working with me on this project as well. So that's why it's uh, taking a little bit longer. Actually, it's taking longer because of me, not because of them, because they're ready. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to blame my friends. Okay, no, I got to be honest. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, the one, I'm the one that's taking too long because half the most of half the project's already done. It's the rest of the others that I have to do, and I'm like, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, and it's just going on and on. Us, but yeah, no. Hopefully, by the mid next year, I hopefully this project will be out for everyone. They can see it. It's kind of something I don't usually do, mm -hmm. um, but because it was highly requested by a lot of people since I turned vegan. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. It's not. It's not fo focused on how to become a vegan or anything like that. It's focused on other things. Um, so I'm hoping once I'm done, I'm gonna drag my mom onto the project. I'm trying to, I'm like, mama, <laughs> mama, come help, please. <laughs> um, you know, and other people will be dragged into the project because I have this thing of, it's not about me. Mm. It's about everyone else. And and world of Faz, which I was so blessed. Faz stands for my initials, Farhad Zajali. But then when I went to Portugal, I found out it means to do. So it's like the world of doing. Oh. Um, so I always try, if you see my Instagram, like I work with one guy who's a photographer. He's like one of my best friends. And, you know, I always support him and promote him and everything. Ta 
anyone I work with, I tag the crap out of them. I make sure people know who they are, yep. no matter what. Yep. Even if they, this person has become like 50,000 followers more than me and they forgot about me, I don't care. I don't give a damn. The fact that when it was with me, I promoted them, I pushed them or whatever. I did my part as a friend, mm. as the like, person, as someone who loves their work, you know, and that's why I work with them. So for me, it's like working together, working on big projects with people. I enjoy that more than anything else um, because it just, it's that energy, you know, like you're doing this project and you're like, everyone's just pumped about it. You're like, yeah, this is good. I'm gonna suck it all in, you know, and then everyone just looks at you like, "Are you crazy or something?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's why bit. you work with me." <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then it just grows and grows, and they start developing, and I start growing as well, and it's like a beautiful kind of like like tree that's hopefully gonna be there for hundreds of years of everyone attaching their own little thing. Um, People forget, like sometimes, like if you see a lot of really good YouTubers, they love working with other people because they also know the importance of together and the importance of working as a team and working with others. When you when you become too selfish in a creative world, you're all alone and your mind is all alone. It's a very scary thing there. Um, but when you like, let's say, let's say I have a project and I'm asking your opinion or whatever, you put your two cents in for me and I'm like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. Okay. That's good. Like I'm learning from you because you have a different perspective. You work things differently. I don't do podcasts. So if I wanted to do a podcast, I'd have to ask you because you know it better than I do. And, and it, it feels good to get advice from someone who's not just professional in that thing, but enjoys it. And I can see from your podcast how much you enjoy talking and how much you enjoy encouraging people and bringing people on. So you'd be the person I'd talk to. So it, it's that kind of thing as working with people, understanding people, getting advice from people. I I heard from one person one before was, um, oh, I have this talent and I can't share it with everyone. I can't teach anyone, whatever. And I sat there and I'm like, your talent is being an asshole. But yeah, don't share that with people, please. Please don't share that with people. For yourself. And they have, yeah, they have like talents, but for them to think that way, that's just being an asshole. Because you don't have to show them everything, but you can advise them. You can give them tips, but to answer someone that way or to talk some, to someone that way, that's just wrong. If someone, I used to teach people when I was in the fashion thing how to walk for models. Um, I was teaching lots of things and even photographers. I was teaching them what sells as photography, what really is the eye-catching thing, what you should check for mistakes, blah, blah, blah. And they, they started going becoming photographers for big teams, you know, and even the models, they were like, oh, we don't know how to walk, we don't know how to, no, I'm like, do this, do this, we'll teach you this, how to walk, how to do everything. And I could have just kept that to myself, but that's just wrong because I got to help so many amazing people who still contact me to this day and they are wonderful and they're doing what they want to do and they're like if it wasn't for you giving us that push and that incentive and i don't know what i don't know what i'll do i'm like you had it in you all along i just needed to give you that extra you know card for you to get there you know and i'm proud of you and keep going and i will always promote you and i always like that's how we should be first as content creators as people as friends as the community you know, 
Uh, I know people are very focused on money, 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 how much money they make, but sometimes being alone doing it is not worth it. Farah, I love that. I love that so much. You know, like I, I think, you know, real quick to touch on that last point of like, you know, holding your knowledge, keeping it for yourself. It's so, it's so, um, uh, it's just unintelligent because knowledge is always growing and changing. So the tip that walked on Instagram at the beginning is not the same tip that walks on Instagram now. And so if you were holding on for something, your information is not relevant anymore. <laughs> you should have shared it when it was valuable. Like, you know, the way that people, that models walk, I'm sure that's changed over the years, you know, photography tips, you know, there's, there's so much knowledge that's always changing and we're learning more and more specifics and there's not one right answer. So anytime you're trying to hoard knowledge and keep it for yourself, you're wasting your time because it's going to become outdated and, and you're not, it's not growing. And whenever you share it, you're growing your influence, you're growing your connections, you know, your your friend circle, your contacts and everything. So share the knowledge because there's more knowledge out there. No one knows everything. It's just foolish to hold on to it, you know. And also, I was going to say real quick, I, I almost think, you know, about the community. I'm the same way. I, I almost feel like not completely because I do like being the face of the brand, but I almost feel like I have to be the face of the brand just because no one else will do it. And so, you know, I'll be out here, you know, putting my face on the internet, but I want to have everybody with me because that's what it's really about. It's about the communication, the memories and everything, you know. This has yeah, to be on yeah, Instagram yeah. just because it's how it works, but, you know, it's more about everyone else who's here with me. When people see World of Stars, they see my face, but they don't see, like, this behind-the-scenes part of, like, the maybe five to ten people working with me. But I will, like, tag them on everything, yep. and I'm like, guys, this is your work, this is your work, this is This your is work, World you know? of Faz right here. Like, this is, <laughs> now yeah, you yeah, see yeah. it, the whole picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is uh, the world of content creating, and it's a beautiful world if we all learn to be together and be part of it in a in a more in a, in a nicer way you know yeah. especially like amongst women oh my god sometimes they drive me crazy like, oh my god you shouldn't do that i'm in new year i'm like go away fly 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 buddy go away i have better things to do than hearing you talk about crap now <laughs> farah we have a question from the audience one question it is from our mutual friend Coraline. um so shout out to cora cora i love you so much i think we both love you and you're an amazing person uh cora has a question it's a hard one she said if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's really hard. <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? Actually, noodles. <laughs> noodles. I am addicted to noodles. Okay. I literally, my mom wants to. My mom wants to like remove everything from the cupboard because it's just noodles. It's like every kind of noodle and stuff. Of course, egg noodles or anything like that. But rice noodles, vermicelli, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, oh my God, Farah, there's enough noodles in here. Stop buying. <laughs> oh, well, I want to try this one too and this one and this one. <laughs> Do you have any preference on yes. what kind of noodle, Farah? Udon noodles. Udon, yeah. I am addicted to noodles. Like I go, there's a place not far from here and i buy like packs and then when i'm too lazy to cook it's like vegetables tofu and udon noodles oh that's a meal done guys I yeah and totally then agree. i'm like and then i'm sitting there with my chopsticks like eating everything and my friend's like why didn't you use a fork i'm like because it's just weird like how do you eat noodles with a fork you idiot you eat spaghetti with a fork <laughs> <laughs> i i have to co-sign on that udon is so versatile you can do so many things with it um my two favorites are to make uh curry udon so have some curry noodles some vegetables and put some curry in it oh uh -huh. uh, other thing is um you might be familiar with dokboki the korean dish dokboki uh spice yeah, yeah. i love to make um 
make tteokbokki but put udon inside the tteokbokki and that is also magnificent so udon is amazing I usually make the like the topoki like sauce and then I add rice and I add I don't know what mom's like what the hell is that? I don't think it's topoki anymore. <laughs> I was like it's topoki new version. Twenty twenty one version. Because uh, even when I was in Korea they had that what's it called? The one where they put like chicken and then they put like cheese and whatever and then whatever yep. it's like a red sauce. Mm, and then whatever's left they put on the noodles. And they put and the, the rice, rice inside, exactly. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and I just eat it. My friend's like, it's so spicy. How can you eat it? I'm like, oh, that's the perfect part. I and know, then right? I eat more spice, more spice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Farah, this has been amazing. There's one last part of the episode where we do a speed round. I'll ask a very quick question. Just give a very quick response. Are you ready? Okay. All right, yeah. here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite color? Yellow. Obviously. Favorite food? <laughs> uh, Chinese. Favorite day of the week? Ay, ay, ay. Saturday. Favorite movie? Godfather. Favorite song at the moment? Ay, 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 caramba. Uh, I'm trying to think of a... <laughs> at the moment, like uh, right recently, like recently, not all time, but like recently. Uh, recently, I would say anything by Enrique Iglesias. I don't have a song from him, but I just, anything by Enrique Iglesias. What leisure activities do you enjoy? Ah, uh, well, if I was by the beach, I'd be on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the only option I have if I was living by the beach. Very good. What countries do you want to visit? Ah. Uh, Mm, uh, what's it called? Mexico, Central, all of Central America, uh, South America, and then fly off to Asia. If I was to name every country, we'd be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> what languages do you speak? Uh, English fluently, Arabic partly, French and Spanish understand. Okay. Uh, yeah. Name one person, alive or dead, that you want to have a conversation with. Elvis Presley. Oh, and lastly, how do you want people to think of you? Uh, actually, I don't give a shit how people think of me. <laughs> Farah, I love you so much. This was a fucking amazing episode, one of my all-time favorites. There's a lot of great value in there. That was a great time. Thank you for making time to be here, talking, being so open, revealing your secrets and, and everything. Is there anything in closing you wanted to say to the audience? Enjoy live and stop worrying so freaking that much <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard it from farah farah is the fucking queen she's got the fucking playbook for life she's been through it all she's experienced it all and she's still here shining every fucking day uh i have so much love for her and i and i just hope that you guys will please check out her pages support her drop some comments dm her tell her your favorite part of the episode um she is the light and she deserves so much love and appreciation for who she is as a person uh, besides all the amazing things she's done which is also a whole other chapter but uh, we thank you so much, guys, for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care and have a good night. Thank you. Woo! Let's go! Farah, how do you feel? Nice.